listening guide in your uh, in your program if you want to get that out. And also, uh, we find we figured out a way to. Uh, raise some extra funds for the church. We've got these keys, and if anybody hires to take these keys, and if they can find the car that they go to, they get that, uh, they get the car. So, uh, oh, the winner here. All right, and that's only cost you about $5,000. Here you go. All right. So, no, we found those keys. Um, okay, so uh, we are going to do something a little bit special right now, just for the next couple of minutes. Uh, this is our last week here at Allied Gardens Community Center. And some of you, I uh, guess all of you, that go to Mission Trails, started coming to Mission Trails here. And over this almost year now, God has done some neat things in a lot of people's lives. And some of you have come to salvation. Some of you have made some new friendships. Some of you have grown spiritually. But I'm going to let you share something. I don't want a long speech. You get up here for five or ten minutes, we're going to make a big hook and pull you off. So, you know, not a five or ten minute thing. But just maybe one word. I, I thank God for salvation uh, that has come into my life since coming to Allied Gardens Community Center. And this maybe I thank God for some spiritual growth in my life. I thank God for some friendships or a growth group or whatever it is. I want you to do that. And if you will, we've got a microphone here. The fans that might need the microphone. If you know you can speak up good, you have a, a voice like Nick's or something like that, and you can speak up really loud and just do it on your, on your own. But if you want the mic, we have the mic here too. So I know. If, um, so let, let's just see. Anybody wants to share something with the group? And kind of face the group and kind of speak to the whole, the whole group if you can, just whatever that word is. Yeah, we have somebody right here. Get ready, whoever you want to be next. Be thinking about what you want to say. Is this one, this, uh, the handheld? should be on. Try that. Is it on now? Yeah, we're gone. We're on. Good. We're hot. I just actually want to thank everybody for your prayers, um, the gift cards, um, the food that people have been bringing and helping out and stuff with my family. Um, it just means the world to me. I mean, the support and love that you guys have all been giving me and my family. So I just wanted to thank, thank you to everybody and stuff. So... I just want to just tell you guys, you guys are absolutely wonderful, and I'm so glad that we came to this church and met all of you, because I think you guys are all wonderful. And I want to thank you guys all again for all your help and prayers and, and everything you guys have done for us. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Okay. Somebody else, quick word. What's God done in your life? Here. I just want to thank God for being dad, my best friend, and helping me every day um, spiritually and with everything that I have in my life. Um, his, his ways aren't my ways, and he just shows me, um, makes me a better person. And I love my father. Thank you. Okay, good. Okay, great. Somebody else? Quick word. What's happened over here? No? Okay. Anybody else? Your hand up. Cindy, yeah. Hi, my name's Helen, and I want to thank everybody for um, having us here. We um, actually, uh, my roommate and I went to the Christmas Eve service at the park last Christmas. In the rain. Eve. In, the, in rain. the rain, yeah. It was awesome, and that's where we met um, John and Diane, and um, I just feel so blessed to have this right in our neighborhood. So it's been really great, and I'm so glad to meet everybody, and I'm, I'm glad I'm here. I'm just, I'm just 
just so thankful that I came here and when I was really looking for a new church and it became such a family, the growth group and my friends and Sundays and everything and I'm just grateful for for each one of you. Thank you and God bless you. Speak real loud into the mic, and that way he won't have to have the volume. Hello, so my name is Rosa, yeah, and um, I'm grateful to be here. I'm, I'm <laughs> I am glad that I met Shelly at the part two, and uh, we be, we become good friends. My um, stepdad just passed away uh, last month, and I've been helping my mom, you know, by telling her that about the, this church and about my friend that I met. So she believed more in God. She's been going to the church too, but she want me to uh, bring me to the Catholic church. And I don't want to. I don't understand Catholic. But I'm grateful to be here. And uh, my son, every day, he asks me, "Mama, let's go to church. Let's go to church." So that's what Great. I decided to call Shelly to come back. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay, good. Anybody else over here before we move the mic? Anybody else over here? Here we go. Okay. Hello, everybody. I just want to continue on, basically. Like what Angela said, uh, when we came here to Mission Trails, I was just uh, hoping just to get a little spiritual connection with God just to help get me through our tough time. I was never expecting uh, this uh, open love and open hearts and minds and welcoming as we've got given. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better church. Hi, my name is Frank, and um, I just came here with Amy, and she's a very good friend of mine. She's also um, my manager, my good co-worker, and I'm just very happy she got baptized at the at the um, La Jolla Beach, and um, you know she actually prayed for God, and and uh, and she found a way to get baptized, and um, I'm just very happy I'm here. I've uh, I've accomplished a lot of things uh, working with her and uh, her family and uh, she has a beautiful family and um, I just I pray for my family also and I pray for myself to uh, get my things uh, going and uh, I thank you for all okay good let's move okay great anybody else over here we can go in the middle middle section anybody in the middle section I think we had Cindy had her hand up hi I'm Cindy Martin and I used to pray for a church in Allied Gardens and then Joey knocked on my door how much better can you ask but I love this church and the people are what make the church. And I'm so grateful that, you know, I've made friends, we've got the growth group, and it's just been a tremendous lift to my heart. And it's been a wonderful thing for both Brittany and I. And I'm just so very grateful for everyone here and the messages and just the changes that it's made in my life. Okay. Over here, oh, we have somebody over here. Okay, way over here. Real quick, we have here. Okay, be thinking, anybody else here? Some of you that have come to salvation, it'd be great to say, I'm just glad I came to Christ. Yeah. It would be great to say that, yeah. Hey, um, I want to thank everybody for helping me find God in my life and helping me commit my life to Him. God, Christian like Christ. There you go. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Others? Very quick. Jamie, make sure. Anybody else want to share? There you go. Good job. Way to hustle. I came from a oh sorry I came, I came from a big church and it was all set up and everything and it's really cool to come here every Sunday early in the morning and see so many people get together and be so selfless 
and put everything together and just really work as a team and really do it for the glory of God so that we can all come here. And I really appreciate that the most about this church. It's just beautiful to see everyone come together and be so selfless every Sunday. So that's cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Great. Anybody else? Real quick before I get started with this. Okay, one more here. Maybe one from else. I'll be real quick. Um, I just want to say thank you for worshiping with us. Um, for me and the band, it means a lot when you guys sing along. And um, at first it was a little bit awkward and everybody just stared at me. But now you guys are really involved in, in the worship and I really appreciate that. So, so. Okay, great. Well, anybody out if you really wanted to. Oh, we do have a couple more. Okay, here and there. A few more. I'm just grateful that this is a church who teaches and preaches the word of God based on biblical principles, and it's a praying church, and prayers are answered. And God bless everybody. Great, great. Over here. Yeah. Hi. Hey, Pastor John, I just want to let you know, and, and this is probably the most normal church I've ever been to. <laughs> normal church, yeah, okay. Because... Uh, it's not too big where nobody knows each other and the pastor doesn't care about you. It's it's a down-to-earth church, and it's close to home for the Granville, L.A. Gardens people and stuff. It's nice to be close. And I appreciate you caring about me and Diane caring about me and asking how I'm doing. So that's one part that I like. That's why great. I keep coming back. Cool. That's great. That's great. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's move on into the to the message then. We're starting a, a new series. Really, this is just sort of a, a teaser for the series. The series is kind of coming up on how to do this. But I want to talk about it, and this, this will give us some, some biblical background for what, for what we're calling GPS and uh, God's positioning system. We'll give a little introduction to that today. And uh, some of you probably uh, have a car or have a gadget, you know, the little GPS gadget. It's sort of like an iPhone, but it's not really an iPhone. It's got a little thing. It does tell you where you're at. It doesn't have the whole thing. It's a new one to do. I've got to get one of the new ones, but anyway. I don't have that. But, uh, yeah, GPS. Now, what does a GPS do for you? A G- this gadget GPS, what it does for you, it tells you where you are. You know, when you're lost, you know where you're at. It's nice to know where you're at, right? Get the starting place. I go to malls. I'm all the time looking for those, those big board that kind of says, here you are, because I'm always lost. I walk in a store, and I, I just kind of forget which way I go and when I come out every time. But uh, GPSs are nice for that. They also tell you where you want to go. They give you directions to get to where you really want to be. And uh, that, is a, that is a really good thing and an important thing. Uh, in my car, I don't really need one because I've got the best navigator in the world, my wife. And when she's there, she just tells me to know exactly where to go and uh, what to turn, what lane to get in, way ahead of time before I would ever think of it and all that kind of stuff. She kind of helps me out with the whole, the whole deal there. So I don't need one of those uh, personally uh, as far as the gadget. But I do need one, and I think we all need one, what we call God's positioning system, uh, the way that God directs our life and how he does that. God's positioning system is not just kind of a one-time, one-dimensional thing, like here's where you are and here's where you go on a road or something, but it gives us direction on where we are spiritually, morally, relationally. It tells you how to get to these places to be where you want to be in your family and your relationships and your own heart and your own life and your own emotions. Vocationally, gives you direction for your life. God's uh, positioning system is huge. There's a, there's a verse in Psalms uh, 32, 8. And it says, I, God says this. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye over you, with watching over you. 
Do not be like a horse or a mule. This is interesting what he says that. After he says this, I'm going to counsel you and tell you what to do. Then he says this verse right after that. He says, Do not be like a horse or a mule which have no understanding, but must be controlled by a bit and bridle, or they won't come to you. So anyway, God's going to speak. God's going to give you direction. Our job is to listen and to obey and to move in the direction that God wants us to do that. To really understand God's positioning system, His GPS, we want to start back at the beginning. So we'll be looking at Genesis today. The scriptures will be on the screen. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Genesis 1. But uh, we're going to be looking at Genesis today. This will give the, the history of not only creation, but God speaking to man, giving direction to man, where man messed up, where he had a GPS from God, where he kind of lost some of that, and, and how God's plan was to get it back. But in Genesis 1, in verse 27, uh, it says this. It says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God... Whoop, we got the scripture there? Here we go. Genesis chapter 1. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we are, as human beings, created in God's image. One of the aspects of being created in God's image is that we are created to communicate. God has been communicating. I don't know if you've thought about this, but God's been communicating from the very beginning. Even before anything with people were created, He was communicating within the Godhead. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, there was communication kind of going on. There was speaking going on. When, we, when He created, He said, what it says, that God, He says, let us make man in our own image. That was the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit speaking and having their plan together. And God has made us in His image to communicate. First thing He did after He created us, He began to speak to us. And we see that in verse 28. And God blessed them. And said to them, he began to communicate his will and his purpose and his way to man. He said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the, the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and everything, every other living creature that moves on the ground. But he had a purpose and a plan. He began to speak to man, giving direction to man and what he wanted him to do. There are a couple implications from this that are important implications. First of all, is that God created mankind, human beings, including us, with the ability to hear from God. We are, you know, we, we were, when he created us, we we're sort of like some high-end fancy cars that come with factory-equipped GPA, GPS right in, inside of them. And uh, the original man, Adam, came with this fully-equipped ability to hear from God. And he could just—he just tuned right in. It was a clear voice. He knew what was God saying, and he got this clear direction. This—and this is a real big deal—that God created humans to hear from. We're not alone, just in the universe. Philosophers talk about this: that they're not only a God, but He's a God who is not silent. He's a God who speaks to His creation and wants to draw them to Himself. That hearing from God is the key to our faith. You, you can't have faith in God. You can't have salvation in relationship with God without hearing from God and responding to what He says. It's the key to all kinds. A lot of people say they believe in God. Yeah, I believe in God. He's up there. But they live their lives as kind of practical atheists, as if God can't really speak to them. They believe in God, but they don't really believe that He's going to have something to say and give direction to their lives doesn't really believe that that's, that that can really happen to them. And so they, have, they kind of go about their lives just kind of doing what makes sense to them and kind of going along with maybe some general principles about Christianity, but not really having much of a relationship with God. That's pretty common in our society. We're going to talk a little bit about how 
If your GPS is broken, which we come into life with a broken GPS in our system, how we can get that restored and, and repaired over these next few weeks. But first of all, we were created with the ability to hear from God. Now, that did get messed up. We didn't lose all of it. We lost the really good GPS, but we kind of ended up with one that's basically not functioning quite right, but at least it's a general compass. It's a general compass of a, of a right and wrong and general direction. We call that our conscience. So everybody has that one, and God does speak to you through that. We'll talk about more of that in the week, weeks to come. But we all have this ability to hear from God. And the second thing is that God has been communicating to mankind from the beginning. He created, and he began right away. We see in Genesis 2. Genesis 1, we already read. Now Genesis 2, we pick it up again. He kind of goes through the creation story again from a little different angle. And in Genesis 2, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. And then the Lord God commanded the man. Here again, he's speaking to man, to Adam and Eve. He says, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. And the Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now going back to the original creation and God creating man, there's one thing that's interesting, that last phrase there, is that even though before the fall, before we messed up, before we messed up our GPS, our ability to hear from God, we still needed others, other people. God works through people. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks, too, and how God works through people and speaks to us through other people. But Adam needed Eve. Different people have different personalities and different perspectives on things, and we need to communicate and share with one another to come to a more full uh, knowledge and understanding of truth and to hear from God. But the verse I want us to, to camp out on, the key one for us right now, is on there in verse uh, 16 in that, in that passage. And, um, and it, it, start, it starts off with, uh, And the Lord commanded the man. He says, You are free to eat from any tree of the garden. I want you to notice that God, when he told a man, he said, You're free. You have a lot of freedom. You can go in this garden. It was a big garden. And you can eat of any tree you want to. Make your own choices. Go eat off the trees. But he also said, I'm going to give you uh, about uh, ne- the, the next verse there. He says, But at the same time, Uh, You must not eat of one tree. I'm going to give you one limitation. You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For if you do that, if you, that one boundary I give you, that one tree to stay away from, if you disobey me there, then you're going to lose your GPS. You're going to lose your ability to hear from me the way that you have been able to in the past, and you're going to have a problem. Because see, what that tree is and what that symbolizes and kind of was in reality, but symbolizes for us is, is, is this I want to cho- I'm eating that tree. I want to choose for myself what is right and wrong. I don't want God to do that. I want to choose myself what is good and evil. I want to do what makes sense to me. I want a SPS, a self-positioning system, instead of a GPS, you know, a God's positioning system. I want to make my own choices and do my own thing. And this is a key um, fundamental problem in the heart of every human being and what caused us to mess up and to live our lives in pretty much isolation from God and not having much of a relationship with Him. And that's got to be solved. Jesus Christ came and helped to solve that, which we'll get to later. But notice this, that we are in a system, we're still in a system where there are some boundaries, some laws. We have the Ten Commandments. There's also some freedom within that system to make choices and to do things. God doesn't tell you every little detail thing to do. 
He gives you choices, but he does give you some boundaries. And very important you stay within those boundaries. Very important you obey him. We live in, what we understand philosophically, is that we don't live in a closed system. That God just kind of created things. They're going to set us down here and just kind of let us go about. We live in an open system where there really is a God who can speak into this system, can really speak into us, can work in history, in, in life, in nations, in kings, in our own personal lives, in our work world, in our, in our relationships. He is an open system. He can speak into it and make a huge difference. I don't know if he's, I, don't, I wouldn't uh, say that he's probably speaking all the time to you, just all the time whispering, you're just not hearing it. But at times he can speak to your life. And he will speak to your life. When you're in the Word of God, it's one of the ways that he speaks to us. But uh, in prayer. But in just the Holy Spirit in our lives, he can tell us things. He can show us things. And it's not like all the time. nation of Israel, they didn't get words from God all the time. They went a year sometimes before they heard. But when they heard, it was really God. He was really coming in the universe. He really said something. And they need to obey. In your life, different times, God will speak to you, to draw you to salvation, to draw you to a new step of commitment, to draw you to, to, to applying some biblical principles that he's teaching. It's an open system. We'll talk about stories about that as we go along. As we keep going in Genesis, there's a section in there where it talks about how Adam and Eve rebelled. They decided that they didn't want to just eat all the other trees. They wanted to eat that one tree that God told them not to. They were tempted by the devil and they went ahead and did that. And then we pick up in verse 8 what happened. After they fell, after they ate of that tree and decided they wanted to choose their own right and wrong. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the, of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day. There was this relationship that they had had with God, a closeness and a, and a thing. But they, they heard this and it was different now because something had been broken, something had taken place. Uh, and they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? You see, this is what the GPS is, where are you? When we're lost, God says, where are you? One thing we need to value in our life is where are we in our relationship with God right now? Where are you? He was asking him, wanting him to confess, wanting to restore the relationship. That's what God's desire for Adam was, to come back and to restore and to get, get, get things fixed back up. But of course, he didn't do that. He took the opposite approach. He says, well, when I heard you in the garden, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. And you know what? It's not my fault I did this anyway. That woman that you gave to me, she's the one who did it. She's the one who made me eat of the tree. And God comes to the woman. What's the woman? You know, Why did you eat of the tree? Well, the devil made me do it. And she, everybody's blame shifting and putting it off on somebody else. Not my fault. And, it's, and so instead of repenting and coming back to God, they actually end, ended up in a and a further relationship, and they really lost that GPS. So what's happening here is that, number three, is Adam and Eve gave up God's positioning system. He traded in his GPS for an SBS, a self-positioning system, and decided they were just going to go and do their own thing. And so, therefore, thanks to Adam, this is an unfortunate thing, thanks to Adam and Eve, we all come into life factory-equipped with a broken GPS. It's pretty much broken. There's a little bit of right and wrong. There's a little bit there. There's still some conscience, which we see. But we've lost a lot of that ability to hear from God and to relate to God. Have that. And that has to be restored. We have to come back to that. So God asks us, where are you? Where are we? We should be asking ourselves, where are we now in our relationship with him? How well are we hearing from him? How well are we getting direction? Are we in the middle of his will? Are we kind of wandering around just doing what feels best to us at the time? Wondering if it's right. These are the kind of questions that we need to ask ourselves.
I know with me, it's a struggle. I wish I could hear from God all the time. It's just crystal clear, and I just had this kind of thing. And I'm just very grateful to God that He's so patient and loving and kind to me that when I'm wandering around and trying to figure things out and not knowing what to do, that He still loves me and He patiently works with me and that at the right time, in the right situations, He comes through and gives the direction and helps me to make decisions that are move me at least in the right direction. And I hope you're the same way. Number four. Why do we need the God's positioning system? That's a little bit of motivation. Why, do you, why should you come this series in the next four or five weeks? Why do we need to hear from God? How do we hear from God? How do we make this practical for our lives? We, we pick up something that Jesus said in the New Testament after Adam had messed up and we, all these people kind of came in with a broken GPS. And what was the result of that in society and life? It says this, when Jesus looked at the crowds, he says, When he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Confused, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. People are confused, like sheep without a shepherd. This is especially true. People are confused when they have no relationship with God, when they're out there alone, when they're not connecting with God. I'm going to show you a couple of diagrams that are just some understanding of truth that are going to come up on the screen. Let's talk about, well, actually, before we go to that, go, go back one more. Uh, this verse in 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says this, For now we see a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Notice in that verse what Paul's saying. Is that in this life, even though you're a Christian, there's still some mistiness about things. There's still some unclarity that we are to seek and we're to clear this up. And, and we don't see everything perfectly at this point. And we'll show, about, show some ideas on that uh, related to paradigms here in a second. But let's, let's look at some diagrams uh, that are coming. Just some this diagram, first of all, represents all truth. Everything in the universe that's true. Whether it's biblical truth or whether it's uh, scientific truth, historical truth, Abraham Lincoln lived, whatever, got shot by Booth or whatever it is. There's all, that's all truth there is in the universe. Things that are really true. Next box is now you have the Bible. And notice what this tells you. The Bible is completely in the realm of truth. It doesn't contain all the truth. There are some things that are true that are not in the Bible. But everything the Bible does say is true. That's what we believe, and we affirm that. That's what Jesus taught and believed, that the Bible is true and gives us uh, great insights for life and eternity, salvation, everything that we need uh, for our lives. But there's other things that are also true in the universe. A third box is this. This is human knowledge. Now, notice what human knowledge does. Now, the humans can know some of the Bible. We're all studying, don't get to know all of it. We can know some other things that are not in the Bible. We can learn other stuff. We can learn stuff in science and those kind of things. And that's true. But, you know, that human knowledge also goes outside of the realm of truth. We know some things to be true that simply just aren't true. We've been fed a pack of lies and a lot of issues. And we don't even know they're lies. We think they're true. They're our knowledge. They're what we think is right. But they aren't right. Can you buy that? We know some things. We know some things that are in the Bible. But there's also some things where we see in a mirror dimly. We don't understand quite yet. There's some things like... And this comes back to the problem of the paradigms. I've used that term before, I think, on Sunday mornings. But it's a, it's a, it's a great term because what a paradigm is, is a framework of thinking. It's a way 
that you think life should work or situation work. It's sort of the rules of the game, kind of how you should go about living or how you should go about doing it. The paradigm for soccer is to play a certain way and kick it with your, kick it with your foot instead of hit, grab it with your hands. And there's all different kinds of things. There's rules of the game. And we actually uh, get these messed up at different times. And I'll show this next diagram. And I'll il- illustrate this. Um, actually, that's, that's the verse we looked at. Uh, here's the diagram. Um, this is you over here on the... For your side, your left-hand side. And uh, you've got some colored glasses on. And uh, over here at the right, you have truth. Oh, you have the Bible. And you have, those, you, have, you have truth over here. And we have our colored glasses on. When we look at the truth, we see them through our colored glasses. Now, we also see them through cultural things in our lives. Different colors of stained glass windows. The way we were raised, what our parents thought, what we taught in school. We taught, and we look through these different colors of stained glass windows when we look at the truth. Now... We believe that there really is truth, that the Bible is really true. But the problem is, is that we don't see it perfectly correctly. Absolute truth, but not absolute perception of truth. Does that make sense? And implications of that is that we really can. They're not, it's not like we're looking, it's not like they're, they're concrete walls that we can't see. We can see it. We can see the truth, but we just sort of twist it a little bit. We just color it. We're like seeing it in a mirror. We're seeing it dimly. We're seeing it like how again, a funny mirror in like a, at, a, at, a, at a carnival or something like that where it's kind of warped. Or it's kind of, we see the truth a little bit off. And so we see real truth, but the implication of this is we should in life stay humble. And we should stay teachable to God. God, correct my false paradigms. I've been taught by a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Correct me. Help me. Help me to see truth from... from uh, from your perspective, help me to clear up my, my seeing, clear up my paradigms, to see things more clearly. Um, keep learning. Keep moving towards what God would have for you. The next diagram gives an illustration how people fit into this. And here again, you have truth. And you have different people looking at the truth. Every one of you, as you look at the truth, you see the truth from a little bit different set of paradigms, a little cultural background, a little back, and you see the truth a little bit differently. So if we will get to know one another and communicate and be open with one another and teach both one another, we can help share the truth with one another. And together we can come to a wider understanding of truth. Does that make sense? And so let's be open, let's be honest, let's realize we don't have it all together. Let's not be absolute on everything, but let's look at the absolute truth. Let's study it. Let's work together. Let's talk together. Let's find the ways that it applies to our lives. And that will keep us healthy and growing and accepting towards one another, but yet at the same time, we're real disciples of Christ and we're really learning. Can you agree with me on that, that that's a good way to go? Let's, 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 let's move towards those kinds of things in our lives. You know, the problem with the paradigms, what happens, the reason we get messed up in our paradigms is because there's a lot of things going against us to, to mess us up, to lie to us. We have an old self that we inherited from Adam. We have a heart that's not perfect. You did not come into the world with a perfect heart, a blank slate. And everything's bad just got written on you. You came into life with a bent towards stubbornness, selfishness. So yeah, you didn't come in with a completely blank heart. Now, it wasn't completely evil either. There's some good things about it. There's good things and bad things. But it wasn't a blank heart. It wasn't a perfect thing. It was something that you, you'd lost the innocence from Adam. So there's a problem there that we start in the wrong death heart. But then the biggest problem is the world, the rest of What's happening around us, the external world, is being programmed and is feeding in stuff 
that are other ideas, false ideas, lies. You've been lied to all the time. You've been bombarded. In our society, it's especially difficult because we're in such a knowledge explosion. There's so much coming at us through TV, through the movies, through the Internet. There's so much going on. And, you know, every movie that's written, every TV program is written by a person that has an idea, has an agenda, has a paradigm, has something he wants to communicate to you. He has a teaching agenda. And that teaching agenda, through coming through most of the media, is not a God-oriented agenda. It's not a biblical truth-oriented agenda. It's an agenda that actually goes against God and it goes against the truth of the Scripture in many, many cases. Not all false. There are true things in there. There are good things. But every movie that I watch, it's just fascinating to see the good things and the bad things that are being taught by the movie. You know, the typical kind of things in a movie or TV program is that um, you, have, you have this person who does a superhuman kind of acts to save other people, and which is a good thing to save people, but he does it without God in the picture at all. Superman, he does it without God. And he usually does it in rebellion against authorities over his, his nitwit boss. He has to do it, do it again, stuff like that. Then we see, I watched a movie the other night, and we were uh, uh, relaxing. We watched this movie. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Dan, do you remember the name of that movie? The Other End of the Line. Okay, but anyway, something like that. Uh, but anyway, it, was, it was a story about kind of two cultures clashing. It was uh, this girl from India that it got, got to know through the telephone, tele, telemarketing kind of thing going on, got to know this guy from America, and they built a relationship. And uh, this girl was supposed to have an arranged marriage there in India from her culture and her paradigms, supposed to have this arranged marriage. And, uh, but she met this guy, and uh, she kind of liked this guy better than the guy that she was supposed to be the arranged marriage with. And so, but her parents kind of found out about it and found out she liked this guy, didn't want to marry this other guy. And so he was, they were just really upset. And so she sort of agreed to him, okay, I will go ahead and I'll marry this guy and I'll tell the parents that I'll, you know, I'll ask them to forgive me and, and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll follow through with the arranged marriage. So the whole pinnacle of the whole movie all led to this, this, this situation where she's going to go in this living room and going to apologize to the parents and go ahead and go into the arranged marriage and obey her parents and all that kind of thing. But when she got up there, she looked at it and she just had this look on her face. It's the highlight of the movie. She says, well, I was going to say this, but I've decided that I've got to do what makes me happy. My happiness is the most important thing. So therefore, I'm not going to go into arranged marriage. I'm going to marry this American guy. That's the typical top end, high end American value. Do whatever makes me happy. Heck with anybody else. Heck with what's going on. With anything. If it makes me happy, it's right. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not defending arranged marriages in the Indian way. They have a lot of stuff messed up there too. But what I am saying is there's an agenda. There are values that are being taught in every movie. And not, not saying don't watch movies, but watch movies with a discerning eye and a certain end. What are they trying to teach me here? What are they trying to get across to me here? Does that fit with the scripture or does that go counter to scripture? How could that affect me? And learn and, and, and look at it from a, a seeing eye. But there's a lot of things that get confused in this life because there are people who want to confuse you and indoctrinate you into their way of thinking. That's, that's the movie, that's the educational system, that's your friends and peers. They all come to you. They come to your life with their set of paradigms. And they're teaching you too all the time. And so you've got to come to the Scripture and to God. I want to uh, 
close with, with this last thing. People are also helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And there's a wonderful uh, verse on this one. This is uh, from uh, Psalm 23. You probably heard this uh, before. It's a wonderful psalm, but it's a great for this theme of, uh, of God's positioning system. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, God's positioning system is a person, the person of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. He can guide and direct us. He's like our great shepherd. It says, He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me. Notice that. He leads me beside the still waters. He meets those needs, food, rest, water. He restores my soul. You know what that that means there, restores the soul? It's like a sheep. They're so helpless that they get real long with their wool and stuff like that. And sometimes they go to sleep or they fall down and they turn over on their back. And they, they, they actually have to be restored. They will, they will die. They can't re- get themselves back upright unless the shepherd comes up and picks them up. They have to get restored. They sort of, it's, it's, it's really weird. They get, get like that sometimes. But uh, he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. Even though I walk the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Sheep are pretty defenseless creatures. We are sheep. Spiritually, we're sheep. We're not very sheep physically. But spiritually, we're like sheep. And we're defenseless spiritually. And we can be hurt. But he protects us. He guides us. He helps us in those situations. Verse 5 is a very interesting verse. It says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of enemies. I always used to think about that as a table with a fork and spoon and all that kind of stuff. That kind of table. But really, actually, what it's talking about here is like a a meadow, like a plateau, the table before me. And what the shepherd does, he goes out into the field and he pulls out all the poisonous weeds before he lets the sheep come to eat. So he prepares the table so they can eat uh, without getting sick, without getting poisoned. And... um, that becomes a, a, a role of the shepherd. And then it goes on to say, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus Christ wants to be your personal GPS. He wants to be your personal guide. He wants to be in your life, sitting in the car and helping you to make the direction for your life. The question we ask to you, I ask this morning, is where are you? God, where are you in this relationship with God and this ability to hear from God and getting direction from God? Where are you? Are you lost, having sort of a broken GPS? Or are you in a healthy relationship of following Jesus Christ as the shepherd of your life? I hope it's that second one. Are you humbly learning the truth? Where are you? Are you humbly learning the truth, getting the paradigms corrected and replacing renewing the mind, replacing it with the truth of Scripture so you don't just go along the way of the world and do the things that everybody else is doing, but you cut a new path, you do what God wants and live the way He wants. Where do you want to be? Where are you? Where do you want to go? Do you want that? Do you want that relationship with Jesus Christ? It's there. It's available for you. I hope that you say, I want to be with Jesus Christ and I want to be close. I want to follow Him. I want to go after Him with all my heart. If you do that, you make that commitment, then you'll see great consequences from that. But you have a choice. It's not forced upon you. You have a choice. I want to follow God's positioning system, God's GPS. I want to follow Jesus Christ, the shepherd of my life. I submit myself to you. I give myself to you. And I commit myself to being a disciple, to learn and to grow, to know the Scripture, to learn from the body of Christ, to learn from counsel of others, and to really get my life on a good course, 
on a good direction where I'm growing and developing and not going down the path of real problems. There's a, there's a prayer here on your outline. And the prayer says this. It says, Lord, you may be at this point in your life. Lord, I thank you so much for creating me to be able to receive direction from you and for caring enough to speak to me. Forgive me for when I'm unwilling to do your will or I'm too busy to seek it. Help me to be completely honest with you about where I'm at in my relationship with you and for how willing I am to receive your direction for my life. Give me the grace to know and to do your will for my life. You can think about that prayer and pray it to yourself as we have this time of reflection here in a moment. And if there are some of you here that have never committed your life to Jesus Christ, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, your shepherd, many of your shepherd, ask him to come into your life. He died on the cross to forgive your sins. He rose again. He's alive today. He can come into your life. I encourage you to do that today. I encourage you to just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for when I've gone astray. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Save me. I submit myself to you as Lord. I want you to be my shepherd. Guide me. In Jesus' name, amen. Just as this music is playing, just reflect upon what was said. Maybe write down application uh, or prayer that you can uh, be praying there uh, to the Lord. And uh, then we'll... Have a couple of announcements and we'll be done in a moment.